You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM, and I have a unique problem. You see, devils have a lot of idioms and puns that you can make about them. Demons really do not. I had planned on doing something along the lines of, like, able-bodied demons, like semen, but that doesn't make any sense, and I don't think any of these will, so you're just gonna have to do without a very cringy pun, which, now that I'm thinking about it, might be a favor to you, actually. You can find the demons on page 53 of the 5th edition Monster Manual, and uh, I realized this week that I actually miscounted the demons. There are more than I thought, so probably we're going to end up with four demon episodes, and this week we've got four demons to tackle, so it's going to be a little weird. We're going to try to get through it as quickly as we can. We are talking this week about the Barlgura, the Chasmi, the Shadow Demon, and the Vrock. Now, the Barlgura is basically like an enormous orangutan monster, sort of savage and brutal. Uh, it's a CR5 large fiend. It's got high strength and con, poor intelligence and wisdom. It has innate spellcasting with a random smattering of different spells. It's got the reckless power from the Barbarian, where it attacks with advantage, but attacks against it also have advantage. It's got a running leap, and then it has multi-attack with its fists and with its bite. The Chasmi is like a gigantic sort of buzzing fly demon, and that according to the lore, they sort of serve as interrogators and taskmasters. This is a CR6 large fiend. It's got the normal demon resistances. It has a droning power that can make enemies fall asleep for 10 minutes. It's got magic resistance, spider climb, and then a proboscis attack that sort of drinks blood like a vampire does. The Shadow Demon is really interesting. It's like a remnant left behind on the material plane when a demon is vanquished but can't go back to the abyss for whatever reason. They are CR4 medium-sized fiends. They have a fly speed, good dex, terrible strength. I think they have one strength. Um, they have a light sensitivity. They have a shadow stealth power where they have advantage on stealth and darkness. Uh, and then they have a claw attack that deals extra psychic damage if they have advantage on the attack. So basically like sneak attack. And then lastly, the Vrock is a large, dim-witted, carnivorous, kind of vulture-looking scavenger. This is a CR6 large fiend. It's got 60-foot fly speed, good strength and good con, bad int and bad charisma. They have magic resistance. They have multi-attack with their talons and beak, as you would expect. They have like a weird spore ability on a recharge 6 that poisons creatures. And they also have a once-per-day stunning screech that stuns targets. So yeah, like I said, a lot of demons is kind of how it's going to go. We're going to go through the history and the positives and the negatives, kind of one demon at a time, trying to keep it within like the general framework of the runtime, but we will see. So first up then is going to be the history of these four particular demons in Dungeons and Dragons. All four demons appear in all four editions, but they are kind of scattered across various books. So in first edition, the Vrock is the only demon that appears in the first edition Monster Manual. The Borlgura shows up in the Monster Manual 2, but then the Chasmi and the Shadow Demon are both relegated to the Fiend Folio. 
The Borlgora similarly has that weird cluster of spell-like abilities, so that goes all the way back to the beginning, and it's something we'll talk about more. Uh, the Shadow Demon has this silly point in its first edition description where it mentions that they have tiny wings that don't actually allow them to fly. Like, they can glide on them, but the wings aren't big enough to support the Shadow Demon, which is weird because it's like a shadow, so does it have any weight at all? Now, in second edition, the Barl Gura has a camouflage ability that seems kind of at odds with their tactics. They can change the color of their fur to blend into different surroundings. But they're like a gigantic orangutan monsters, so I don't really know that they're that stealthy. Uh, Chasmies are also here, and the lore kind of describes them as like punishers who specifically hunt down blood war deserters, which is a really cool idea, but doesn't really feel like something that the demons would do. Right. I realize now I misspoke earlier. The shadow demon does not seem to appear in second edition. Maybe I just couldn't find it. Second edition fiends are particularly hard to find because they're always called like Tanari or Beatsu or whatever. The Vrock does appear and actually has a cool power in second edition that it doesn't have in any other edition. It's called a Dance of Ruin. If there are at least five rocks together, they can perform this dance. It's honestly very similar to the Aarakocra's dance in fifth edition that we talked about in, well, all the way back in episode one. Now, in 3rd edition, only the Vrock appears in the Monster Manual. The Barlgora, the Chasmi, and the Shadow Demon, who's now back in 3rd edition, all appear in the Book of Vile Darkness, which is, I think, where we're going to see a lot of the demons and devils from this edition. While the Barlgora is functionally the same, both the Shadow Demon and the Chasmi have kind of big changes. The Shadow Demon, interestingly, like, deals in souls and is compared to kind of a night hag. They have the magic jar ability in third, which allows them to trap the souls of living creatures and sell them, you know, on the lower planes. So really the lore for, for these monsters just kind of flops around however they needed to. The Chasmi also has like a fear aura in this version. And then instead of the, the kind of proboscis attack, it has like a wounding power, which, you know, is sort of similar, but would instead deal repeated damage to the character rather than just sucking their blood. In 4th edition, the Barlgura and the Vrock are the only two that appear in the Monster Manual, while the Chasmi and the Shadow Demon are not in the Demonomicon, as I thought, but they're actually in Manual of the Plains, which is a 4th edition splat book, which is sort of about planar adventures and that kind of a thing. The other thing to note about 4th edition is that they it came the closest to a consistent monster power for the demons. They have like a variable resistance thing where they can gain resistance depending on what type they're attacked with. Which is kind of cool because then it's sort of like a chaos power. I, I can get behind that. A little corner case, but sort of neat. I wanted to make a specific point about the shadow demon as well, which I think is kind of cool. They had a power where they literally couldn't attack a target unless they had advantage, but they also had the ability to make like globes of darkness where only they could see inside of. It really reminded me of like Boo in Super Mario, right? Like if you're looking at the shadow demon, it can't attack you. Only if you've turned your back can it get you. And I kind of think that's cool and maybe something we should steal back for the shadow demon. Awesome. That's the history of those four demons. Like I say, it's a lot. But what's interesting is that most of the demons are pretty remarkably consistent across the various editions. You might get one weird edition where they have some weird power that never shows up again, or they rewrite the lore for a single edition or whatever it is. But all four of these demons have been in the game since the very beginning. And it's interesting to see, you know, the changes or the lack of changes they make over their history. Next up, we're going to talk about things we like about how fifth edition interprets these four demons. Now, I've got to be honest, probably my favorite demon in Dungeons & Dragons is the Barlgura. 
If you know me, you know I have like a thing for apes. They're probably my favorite kind of animal. And so I love the idea of getting to play a big monstrous ape whenever a Barlgura shows up. I think they have the coolest visual, but I also really like, and I think this is more true of demons than it is of devils, that they tend to base them on different kinds of animals and like animals that have weird or sort of unsettling features. I think orangutan is really cute, but I could definitely see how you could do sort of a demonic looking orangutan. Like the Knoll and Yinagu is kind of an example of that, like, or goats. Uh, with Baphomet, you know, and bulls. Like, I think there are certain animals that we have kind of associated with demons. The fly, like the chasmi. I like the idea that the demon imagery kind of plays on animals that upset or, or frighten or disquiet us. So it's cool to see, like, an orangutan demon, which is just a very particular animal with a very particular look. It'd be very easy to say it's a gorilla, but it's not. It's an orangutan. And there's something just slightly medieval about that that I really like. My favorite thing about the Chasmi is probably their droning power. Surprisingly nasty. It's a low DC for sure, but it affects everybody. It's not like sleep where you have to parcel it out. And it knocks you unconscious for 10 minutes, which is a weirdly long time. Presumably the Chasmi is then, of course, meant to use its proboscis and suck your blood. But theoretically, it could go and do that one at a time, depending on how many people it knocks out. It is a CR6 monster, so probably your constitution save is such that most of the party isn't going to fall unconscious. But even the action economy of like knocking out two or three, two or three members of the party here pretty pretty mean so it's a little silly the idea that their wings would be that like you know would kind of lull you to sleep but mechanically i think it's pretty solid for me the coolest thing about the shadow demon in 5e is probably their lore i really like the idea that they're kind of this like liminal creature like what happens if a demon is defeated on the material plane and is then trapped there right? It doesn't get to reform, but it also is still kind of extant. So them being these weird kind of stains on the material plane is really interesting to me. I wish the mechanics were more interesting to back that up. But I think the lore here is actually the coolest interpretation I've seen of the demon lore. Uh, and then lastly, the Vrock has a close place in my heart because I think it was the first demon I ever used, actually. It was a fourth edition campaign. I really didn't run very much interplanar stuff um, as a younger dungeon master. But in fourth edition, I remember having the characters stumble across basically like an evil wizard's, you know, a laboratory and had summoned a demon to get information from it. And I really wanted the demon to have a voice that was just unearthly and nothing like anything they had ever encountered before. So I developed this demon voice that I still do to this day where I talk on the inhale. So you sort of talk like this. And that was kind of the Vrock's voice, and it really freaked my players out. A Vrock is another great example of an animal, like a vulture, that we have kind of externalized as sort of a, a, a villain or a menacing or an unsettling monster. I like the notion of the demons, like, preying on that and, like, making themselves appear to be these monsters that we as humans are unsettled by. Vrock is a classic for me, one of my favorite demons for sure. Great, and those are the positives. Um, I think, you know, I would love to dive deeper into each one of these demons, but we just have so many to get through. We're going to move right on to the uh, negatives, the things we don't like as much about these four particular demons. So my biggest problem with the Barlgura is this weird bundle of spell-like abilities. It's got Entangle, Phantasmal Force, Disguise Self, and Invisibility Self only. Like, what on earth is going on here? This is a gargantuan gorilla monster. What is it going to disguise itself as? A regular gorilla? Still, I feel like if you're adventuring and you see a gigantic large-sized gorilla, you're not going to be, like, less suspicious of it. 
you want this thing to just beat the tar out of whoever it's fighting. It's got Reckless. It's got Long Jump. You know, you want it to be King Kong. It's not going to sit here and cast Phantasmal Force. Get out of here. So my one, my criticism of the Chasmy is uh, tied up in the Proboscis power. I feel like that damage is really powerful. It is a CR6 monster, but its base attack, if it hits, deals 46 plus 2 piercing damage, plus 76 necrotic, and the target's hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the necrotic damage taken, which they average out to be 24. I don't know a lot of 6-level characters that could repeatedly take a hit like that. Like, that's pretty brutal, and that's their base attack. For once, I almost feel like this monster is too powerful for its weight class. I don't know. That just seems really, really brutal, especially assuming that you're going to be unconscious and it's going to automatically get a crit on you if it puts you to sleep. Like, that just feels mean. That's like, I don't know. That just feels too much. I'm not saying it can't be very severe, but my god. Basically giving the Chasmi a crit if its droning wings works. Silly. On the opposite token, I think the Shadow Demon's biggest problem is that it's really underpowered. There's not a lot here to recommend it. Like, I like that it gets this advantage thing where it deals extra damage if it hits with advantage, but it doesn't really have tons of abilities to do that. It can hide in the shadows, sure. But again, you know, it's going to have to do that every round. It doesn't have, like, cunning action to hide. It's only going to get to attack every other round if it has to spend an action to hide. And it needs to be in the shadows. And if it's revealed, you know, it's got sunlight sensitivity. It's just not a super impressive monster, especially for how scary it looks. So I feel like you could you could reduce the Chasmy and beef the Shadow Demon to make them both a little more effective inside their own weight class. And then lastly, I think the Vrock's powers feel really at odds with each other. It's mainly that the spores I don't get. I don't really know where these are intended to come from. I could see like a single Vrock having a demonic mutation that, you know, creates these spores, but all of them randomly having spores, especially on a recharge, feels really odd to me. The Screech, I think, makes sense, and the Bite and stuff, but I don't understand the Spores, so I would maybe lose those. I don't want to underpower the Vrock, but I just feel like that it's very at odds with its concept. I don't know why Vultures would have, like, poisonous Spores. And the Spores don't even, like, do anything cool. They just give you poison damage, and you have the poisoned condition. I don't know, meh. Plus, it's got Stunning, which is already pretty nasty. I don't know. So how would we improve these demons to make them more fun to play and also to keep them in line with the demon redesigns we've already done? So first of all, across the board, I would give them uh, the power we ended up calling Abyssal Hunger on last Thursday's stream. Basically where when they drop a creature to zero hit points, they roll a d20. On a natural 20, they improve what type of demon they are. They go up. Otherwise, they just get some temp hit points and attacks and things like that, right? To give them that kind of like ravenous kill snipe kind of a vibe. So I would say for the Barlgura, I would want to just lose the spell-like abilities entirely, the innate spell casting, and I would maybe give them some kind of a more sort of ape-like power. A chest beat feels a little gorilla and also feels like we've got a lot of screaming and roaring and stuff anyway. Maybe like a Kong-style thing where they can pick up an improvised weapon and attack with that. That feels kind of cool to me. Like the, the context in which you want to use a Barlgura, you know, you want to be picking up wagons and throwing them and that kind of a thing. I feel like that's that's sort of the combat fantasy if you're going after an ape monster. For the Chasmi, I feel like the proboscis is cool, and the droning is actually like a unique power that I'm fine to have them keep. The proboscis feels really nasty to me. I wonder if there's maybe like a way to still have it and still have it get that attack once it puts you to sleep, which I think is cool. But maybe say that the proboscis like infects you with the disease or like it's a little bit like a slod, but what if it like infects you with its like young, right? It puts little like 
uh, mains or dretch eggs in you and they hatch later like that feels scarier and spookier to me where like it stabs you you make a con save you fail it and then the dungeon master doesn't tell you anything but then in, a, in an hour or in eight hours these things hatch like that seems cooler to me than you just like take a absolutely massive amount of damage from it drinking your blood and it feels spookier and weirder and like more like a creepy bug power that would be my suggestion for the chasmy the Shadow Demon, I originally wrote something about teleporting from the shadows, but the more I think about it, the more I like the idea of that kind of Boo and Mario thing, where if it doesn't have advantage, it can't attack, but then it has more abilities to create it. Right now, it's just incentivized if it has advantage, um, but I think there's something cool about saying it literally must be hidden to attack you. And then, yeah, give it kind of like a Dark Mantle power or something, some ability to you know, create darkness or to hide as a bonus action or something along those lines, right? I like actually limiting it might make it a more interesting monster. You know, it might mean you have to reduce the CR, but saying there's a CR4 that just can swing at you with its claws is a little under underwhelming anyway. So maybe you reduce it to CR3 and you give it this limitation where it can only attack if it's at advantage, and then it suggests a lot more tactics for the Shadow Demon, where I think right now you look at it and you don't really understand how to run it until you get to literally the last sentence of the last power. That would be my suggestion for the Shadow Demon. A little weird, I understand, but we're here to get weird. That's the point of the podcast. And then lastly, for the Vrock, I would definitely remove the spores. I think you could balance that by making the Screech be a little bit more frequent, make the Screech a recharge six. So they actually are pretty nasty if they can stun you on a recharge six, but they don't have this weird spore power. Because again, it feels like spores would be the kind of thing you could do once per day. Whereas like, why would screeching be once a day? Couldn't they screech as often as they wanted to? Like, I, I would switch those and say that the Screech is on a recharge six and that the spores just are gone. I do like the notion of the vulture thing, though. Like, maybe there's some kind of a mechanic you could do where they are, like, encouraged to scavenge or kill snipe or do whatever. Maybe they have a modified version of Abyssal Hunger where, like, whenever, in addition to knocking someone unconscious, whenever someone fails a death save, they get to roll, right? That there's something about, like, the closer you get the closer their target is to death, the more likely the Vrock is to advance. You know, that they're kind of scavengers. I think that's kind of neat. Something like that. I'm not sure exactly what form it would take. We could play with it in the stream. Something that makes, that incentivizes them to pick over the carcasses of enemies they've already killed. Great, and that is the end of our demon episode. Now, I had previously said we're going to have three. Like I mentioned at the top, we're probably going to have two more demon episodes. So we'll be talking about the next kind of mid-range of demons next time. And the episode after that, we'll take a break and we'll talk about, I think, the Death Knight, which will be cool. And then we're back to demons again for the final demon episode where we get to talk about the Goristro and the Baylor and I think the Merilith. I forget the other one, but that'll be next time. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm not going to make a demon pun here. I had written something about supply and demon, like supply and demand, but like I just I can't in good faith actually make that joke. So thank you for listening. And until next time, happy adventuring. <laughs>
You can also catch those monster redesigned streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. on our YouTube channel. The music used was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, international Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.